0: This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Matt. Today we're going to be talking about becoming a people of God's presence and I felt so blessed um, just by that time of worship just now, just a real sense of God's presence with us this morning, of God just meeting with us as we're worshipping and I hope that we can continue to press into that a little bit more as we finish um, this morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Hannah, and I lead Sterling Vineyards along with Ali and Fee, also my husband Stan over here as well. Um, so it's really nice to meet lots of you today. I see lots of new faces, and you're so welcome uh, to be with us this morning. And over the last few weeks or the last season, we've been uh, looking at the story of King David. And so the title of the series that we've been doing is Becoming, and it's all about this idea of how King David, his humble beginnings as a shepherd, uh, becoming king, uh, becoming this man uh, that after God. God's heart and today I specifically want to look around the theme of how David was a man who became a man of God's presence uh, and that's what I particularly want to zoom in and focus in on today you know I didn't really grow up in the kind of church where I got to experience the presence of God I grew up in a church where I knew the Bible you know I knew who God was but I wouldn't say that I really had ever had an experience of God It was about the age of 19 when I had my first encounter with God and it completely changed my life. Suddenly the God of this ancient, sometimes what seemed boring book came alive as I encountered his presence, as I encountered his voice. And I began to pay attention to this idea that I'd heard many Christians speak about, that actually faith was about relationship with God. That faith was about knowing God, being able to hear his voice and live in his presence. And so the faith that I knew began to be turned upside down as I began to pursue the presence and the voice of God. And you know what the truth is? I've never looked back from that moment. You know, I've never doubted the existence of God from, th- from those moments of encounters. And it doesn't mean it's always been p- plain sailing. There's been plenty of ups and downs in my walk with Jesus. But I know that he's there. I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be living in the will of God. Because it's as we encounter his presence that we are changed. Because it's as we encounter his presence that we know who we are. It's in his presence that we begin to find out more of who it is that he's created us to be. It's in his presence that we can go when we just feel like we just need to hear the love of God, the love of the Father over us and just to grow in our walk with him. And really it was because of these encounters and the way that I felt the Holy Spirit and the presence of God transform my life that, that as I planted Sterling Vineyard and as we began to wrestle with what the vision of Sterling Vineyard is, that, that, that pursuing and encountering Jesus is one of the core values of our church. You may have seen on the way in, we have our kind of vision banner there. That's the vision statement of the church. And our vision as a church is that we want to be a group of people who are encountering Jesus as well as serving our city, but also that we would be people who take God's presence as we go. And really what I mean by that is that we would be a people who know what it is to live in the presence of God and to take him with us wherever it is that he sends us to go and to serve. So it's easy to talk about God's presence but the question I want us to look at this morning is how do we truly become people of God's presence and I think this is something that we can really learn as we look at the life of David. You know it's actually not a normal experience for all Christians, I've spoken to lots of Christians who maybe haven't had an encounter or an experience with God, Christian leaders even, but I think God wants to give us an invitation to know him personally, to know him in our day-to-day lives. So how do we become people of God's presence? David was a man who knew how to enter the presence of God. He knew what it was to dwell with God, to do life with God, to meet with him, to talk to him. And he he was a man who knew what it was to live out in the presence of God. So what can we learn from the life of David? We've been going through the book of 1 Samuel, but today we're going to take a short short break and we're going to focus more on the Psalms today, the Psalms which we know that David wrote. And particularly, I want to start with Psalm 15 today. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you have a phone or a device, um, then you can get that passage up as we just have a quick look at Psalm 15, a short Psalm this morning. So I'm just going to read it. It says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, whoever does these things will never be shaken." This psalm starts with a question. I think the very question that we're looking to answer today, verse one says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The question is, who can be a person that comes to the presence of God? Who gets to draw near to you? Who gets to enjoy fellowship with you, God? And and David spends the rest of this psalm then answering his own question. And I think the first thing we see in this psalm is that David understands that holiness is a big deal to God. That holiness matters to God. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from their heart. Well, that's easy, right? (laughs) That's an easy standard. Not really. It sounds more like an impossible standard, doesn't it? Holiness. Holiness. You know, I wonder how many of us would put our hands up if we asked the question, who feels like their walk is blameless before the Lord? Who feels like we're sinless when we come into the presence of God? But actually, David himself wasn't a perfect person. He himself wasn't the epitome of holiness, as it were. There was only ever been one perfect person, and that was Jesus. But what David did understand was God's high value for holiness. And so David tried. He tried his best, and we see through the story of David how often he mucked up but when he mucked up he knew how to repent he knew how to come back and to say sorry and to ask for forgiveness and try and do better you see it wasn't all bad for david you know he did live a life in the direction facing the direction of the pursuit of god you know he tried his best and i think we can relate to that i think that's the kind of life we can lead you know we may not be perfect but we can choose to set our course um, and to live towards god to live towards his holiness If we want to be people of God's presence, we need to understand uh, God's desire for holiness and for obedience as we come to him. But also not to be discouraged when we muck up and we get it wrong because God is a graceful God as we come to him, as we repent, um, as we pursue him. We want to set our lives, we want to live our lives, it's like following a compass. We want to set off in the direction of holiness, the direction that we intend to go and try our best not to be sidetracked, you know, not to be sidetracked by sin or or, or man or idols, temptations, whatever it is, perhaps our own selfish desires getting in the way. But when they do, we simply look again at the compass, we look to recalibrate, to reset and to set off in the direction again. You know, isn't that the word of God? that is our compass that we continually come back to that looks to guide us and to set us on the correct path as we look to move closer to God as we look to live in the presence of God as we look to live lives that are holy and pleasing to him you know the goal isn't to know everything about the book the bible but actually the goal is to know the author of the bible isn't it and that's that God's grace that he gives us his word to draw us closer to him it's not about living a sinless perfect life, but it's about pursuing and and, and and setting our minds to do the best that we can as we look to hunger after his presence. You know, David also shows us how closely linked um, holiness and heart condition are as well. And so the first thing that we see is, is in the life of David is the importance of holiness. And the second thing that David often talks about is the state of his heart, pure heart. That actually holiness and the condition of our hearts are closely linked. And, and David alludes to this in another of his famous Psalms that I'm sure many of us know well. In Psalm 24, verse 3, David asks his reader or asks himself another question as he begins the Psalm. And that is, who may ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in the holy place? And his answer to that question, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. If we want to be people of God's presence, David teaches us that we need to have pure hearts before the Lord. And I was thinking as I was writing this, what is it that can cause an unhealthy heart? What is it that can cause um, us to have a heart attack? And then, um, you know, my other job, some of you might know I work as a physician associate in a GP clinic, and so I'm often seeing people and trying to help them with their heart health. Uh, and so what are some of the things that lead to bad heart health? And ultimately, um, over a lifetime of perhaps bad diet, bad exercise, and um, that can lead to a buildup of plaques of cholesterol uh, in the arteries that supply our heart muscles. You know, things that get in the way that block the flow of blood to to our pumping hearts. Um, So that's not good. We don't want to block the flow to our hearts. And so commonly, these are as a result of how we've treated our bodies. See, our input can affect our output. And while that's true in the natural, it's also true in the spiritual as well. You know, our input affects our output. You know, our diet, our activity levels, it's the same in the spirit of God. It's the same in our spiritual life. You know, are there any blockages in the way of our hearts that are stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives? You know, are we carrying things like unforgiveness? You know, is there sin in our lives that we just can't seem to shake off? You know, are we honoring one another or are we dishonoring one another? Are we speaking well of one another or instead is it the opposite? You know, are our lives marked by selfishness or are they marked by humility? You know, are there spiritual strongholds potentially getting in the way um, of of our heart health? And so if we want to live lives of pure, clean, functioning spiritual hearts, we need to make sure that we're feeding them a healthy diet, as it were, that we're in the word of God, that we're praying, that we're welcoming the Holy Spirit to come and speak into our lives, to look after our spiritual heart health. You know, I regularly check people's blood pressures and cholesterol levels. And when we find something that's wrong, then it's time to make a change. And it's the same for us spiritually. You know, if the Holy Spirit is highlighting areas of our heart, of our lives, we need to make changes. We need to do something differently and not just continue doing the things that we've always done. You know, are we regularly inviting God to come and be the one that examines our hearts and speaks to us? Are we comparing our lives to the standard of his word? Are we looking to live up to the standard of his word? Are we willing to make a change when God highlights something? See, God is so interested in our hearts, not just our outward appearance, not just how we come across to other people, but actually what's going on on the inside. You know, what's going on when no one else is watching? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. The third thing that marks the life of David in his pursuit of God's presence is this insatiable hunger. This hunger for the presence of God that seems to not be able to be satisfied. In Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This was David's constant prayer. He was hungry for the presence of God. He prayed for it. He pursued it. He sacrificed for it. I always think of that picture when he just worshipped before the crowds of people, when he made a fool of himself. That was how much he was hungry for the presence of God. It was the mark of David's life, a hunger to know God and to live in his presence. I wonder how hungry are we this morning for more of the presence of God? Are we stirring our hearts with hunger to seek after more of God? Does the, hunger, does the hunger for the Spirit of God mark our lives? You know, if we're hungry for food, we go to the fridge and we open it, right? If we're hungry to be entertained, we turn on the TV, perhaps turn on Netflix. You know, hunger causes a response. Hunger causes a reaction. Hunger causes us to do something to fill that need. What does our hunger for God drive us to do? Are we worshipping? Are we reading the word? Are we loving? Are we serving? Are we working on our character before the Lord? hunger causes a reaction but equally habits can create hunger as well you know we can choose to develop healthy habits in our lives that cause our hunger to change you know i recently read a really um, excellent book around the idea of habit forming so if you're someone like me that can struggle uh, with forming daily habits i really want to recommend this book so if you're looking for a book to read over the easter holidays or an audiobook to listen to i really recommend atomic habits by james clear it's quite a small book as well so it's not too it's not too much to get through um, but Just some excellent uh, thoughts, ideas. How do we become people that form habits, that live uh, with healthy habits? So a really good book to have a look at. What does our hunger for God drive us to do or even not to do? You know, what does our hunger for God stop us from doing as well? I wonder if you've ever had an intense craving for something. Has it ever been silly o'clock in the evening and you suddenly had an intense desire for chocolate or Coke or... You know, these are the kind of things that I sit at home and just think, oh, I could really eat a cream egg right now. Um, I'm going to walk to the shop and get one. Uh, You know, hunger drives us, doesn't it? It drives us to action, it drives us to do something. But in a spiritual sense, you know, in that earthly sense, when we hunger and we eat, we're satisfied. But in a spiritual sense, as we press in, as we taste and see that God is good, he stirs our hunger for more. And I think that's what we see in the life of David. The more he encountered God, the more he wanted of God, the more he pursued God. And I'd love to encourage us to follow that example. You taste and see that God is good. So God, I just pray that you would stir our hearts with hunger for more of your presence. You know, there's so much more as we think about the topic of how do we become people of God's presence. Those are just three things. Pursue holiness, that we guard our heart health, and that we stir our hunger for more. But just as we finish, I just want to really emphasize that it's not about works. What I'm not saying this morning is that we earn our way into the presence of God. But actually, there's things that we can do to position ourselves to get there. Actually, we don't earn our way into God's presence. It's only through Jesus that we have access to God's presence. It's only through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his death, his resurrection, which we'll celebrate in just a couple of weeks again. It's only through that grace gift that we are free to enter his presence. See, David understood his unworthiness when it came to encountering the presence of God. No one deserves it. You know, God doesn't owe us um, a, a way into his presence. It's all through his grace. You know, God wants his children to be with him. God doesn't want us to stay separated from him. And he made a way, didn't he? He made a way so that we could come and live in his presence. It was us who first rejected him, but but actually the whole story of the Bible is a story of redemption as he calls us back to, to live with him, to live from his presence, to live forgiven, to live at peace with God to live known by God and to know his voice. You know, that is the invitation as followers of Jesus. And I just want to ask us this morning, what is our response to that invitation? You know, are we satisfied this morning to simply accept the grace gift of forgiveness? You know, are we satisfied this morning to just feel that we're just at peace with God and perhaps to just wait for eternity to come? Or are we up for taking the fullness of this invitation into an adventure with God? To so know in his presence, knowing his voice, knowing his leading, his guiding, and looking to hear what is it that he has created us for and created us to do in the world. And I just passionately believe that God wants to invite us into the more of knowing him. Not to settle for the bare minimum, but to press him, because there's always more. There's always more in God. You know, he has things to say to us, things to show us. And, you know, we are a new church, but we are going on a journey of what does it look like to live in the presence of God? What does it look like to hear the voice of God for ourselves, but also for one another? You know, we want to make space for hearing the voice of God speak to us. And so I just want to pray for us this morning. I just want to pray that the Spirit of God would stir a hunger for more of him. And so why don't you stand? I'm going to invite the worship team to to come back. Um, And we're just going to finish with some worship. We're going to just finish with a little bit of space and time to respond to God. Just, yep, stand up, stand up, sorry. (laughs) I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us this morning, to come and stir hearts and then and maybe as we worship you feel like you have a word maybe it's a word directly for yourself or maybe you even have a word for someone else in the room you know we'd love to make space and for that as well But also as we worship, if you feel this is something you struggle with, if you feel there's like a desire in your heart for more of God, that you've been trying and trying, but you're just not getting anywhere, I'd love to pray with you this morning. We have people here that would love to pray with you this morning. And that's just simply to stand beside you and just to welcome more of the Holy Spirit. And so if that's you, you might want to come to the back as we just spend another few um, moments in worship together. Um, So yeah, let's worship. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Lord. Father, as we just come into your presence, we worship you. (laughs) We just welcome more of you here. We come with hearts to learn and to grow and to know more about you. God, we recognize we haven't arrived, we haven't made it. There's always more in you. Lord, would you teach us to be people of your presence. For a fresh touch from you this morning. There's hungry hearts here this morning. Lord, would you fill them? Just come, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.